0: you're listening to the bossy type your unconventional how-to for building a bold business or personal brand through the power of words and sometimes other creative stuff i'm elise director and head writer of bossy copywriting home of bold clients funny writers and the occasional swear word Every Tuesday and Friday, I'll be sharing my bite-sized wisdom, quizzing creative experts and chatting with the brands you wish you were. So make a f***ing margarita and join me for The Bossy Type, where we make words and brands a bitch. Before we get started, a quick PSA. Head to bossycreative.com to download my very free, very juicy guide to building a bold brand. It's packed with loads of tips from Bossy's favourite creative experts and covers everything from copywriting, to graphic design, to social media, to marketing, to everything else. Okay, hit subscribe now because we all know you're going to forget and let's get started. Hi and welcome to episode number nine of The Bossy Type. Today I have a very special treat for anyone that is trying to build a big, bold, popular brand on social media – which last time I checked, I'm pretty sure is all of us. So for the very first interview episode of The Bossy Type, I'm going to be chatting with Ashley Templer, who is the director of social media agency Pep Creative. She also has her own bold brand, and allergy-friendly skincare line called Yours Only, which I was actually lucky enough to create the tone of voice and copy for. And she also happens to be my best friend and office roomie. So, today Ash and I are going to deep dive into social strategy and how you can make it work for you to create a successful and attention grabbing brand with a killer feed to match. Because let's be honest, that's secretly what we all want. In today's chat, we're going to be covering everything from what a social strategy is and why you need one at every level of your business journey, how to DIY your own social strategy in terms of creating content pillars creating unique content, designing a killer feed and developing a strong storyline. We're also going to be touching on everything that's not feed related from Instagram stories, IGTV to highlights and reels. So let's get started. Hey, Ash. Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. feels so weird talking to you on a podcast. (laughs) I know it's pretty weird. Also, I have to reference my setup because as you know, I'm sitting on my bed. However, there's another side bit that I didn't mention, and that was that for the past two weeks I've been filming my or recording my podcast using a coffee table in my bedroom as like the stand. But today I sold it on Facebook Marketplace. <laughs> no, you didn't. Oh, my God. Why well, <laughs> did you not consult me before you did this? I know. So someone came to collect it, and then while they were there, because I had another table up for sale, he was like, oh, are you selling the other table too? And so I gave it to him for free. So now I've literally got no table and no chair. Oh, my God, that's so annoying. <laughs> it's a very profesh podcast over here. Very profesh, but that's okay. To How are you it. going? How were you going in stage four lockdown? Um, I've had lots of people
1: ask me this week. I would say I was really fine until this week. <laughs> Like, yeah. I feel like everyone was like, it sucks. And I was like, it's fine. We can see the light at the end of the tunnel. And this week I'm like, it sucks so bad. I just want to be outside.
0: Yeah, me too. Um, but at least you've got lots of work to keep you busy. Yeah.
1: yeah. I guess maybe it's probably been harder this week because this week I said to myself, you need to work less. So I am working less this week. But then I've realized like when I'm not working, there's not much else to do.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's very true, yeah, well, speaking of work, I know you very well, but for those that don't know you, can you tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do? Yes, I can, so
1: my name's Ashley Templar, and I am also from Melbourne, and I do lots of things, so I have my own social media content and ideation agency called Pep Creative, which essentially is like a social media agency, but with a little bit of a twist, which we will probably get into. I recently just launched a podcast called Allergy Proof, which is essentially all about helping people or busy women particularly who have any sort of like health issues and trying to just help them by telling their stories and with health professionals. And then about a month ago, I launched a skincare business called Yours Only. So just a few things on my plate.
0: Just a few things on your plate. (laughs) (laughs) By far the busiest person I know, but somehow you make it work. Yeah, and I could even take some time off this week. (laughs) I know, that's so impressive. Thanks. Okay, so we're here today to talk about social strategy. I know this is kind of like your bread and butter and Mm -hmm. it's a mammoth topic. It's kind of your version of my tone of voice. I know it takes a lot of research, a lot of time, and a lot of effort, but I feel like social strategy, still a lot of people don't really even know what it is or why they need one. So how would you describe I guess in a nutshell, what a social strategy is if we were five years old and we'd never heard of it before.
1: (laughs) Okay. If you were five years old, (laughs) I would essentially say a social media strategy, it's like a long-term game plan for a brand. So like what you would do is you would look at your brand strategy and goals, and then you would dissect it down into like a really digestible way. So for example, you might have a brand that's all about wellness and you know making sure that health is the first priority and so that sets you up as the brand and then when you think about social media it it's less fluffy it really points it down to exactly what you want to show on social media so you can connect with your audience so the reason why it's so in depth is because it covers so many elements from like who your customer is what they're eating where they go out and what they buy and how they connect with other people so I guess that's not really in layman's terms, but essentially it's pulling your big brand and kind of pulling it down to exactly how your audience lives and making sure the content is just so easy to read, you know, because I find like so many people feel like they need to talk about like their brand values in a social media post, but it's so boring and it doesn't really talk to their customer. So I feel like a strategy makes it a little bit more digestible and like you can weave it into really fun pieces of content instead.
0: Yeah, okay. So you're kind of taking the brand personality and the brand soul, but you might be reworking it so it's more appropriate for social where their customers would be hanging out. Exactly. And then you can show them examples.
1: So you would say, this is what your IGTVs look like. This is how you would push it across Instagram stories. And this is how you might want to do it across like a post and an ad. So you can kind of separate into all the different platforms because they're all digested differently by the consumer.
0: Yeah. And I feel like people can often look at social, it looks like it's not that time consuming, but we both oh know God. it's very time consuming. So I feel like a strategy also kind of like shows people, A, how, how important and how big social is for their business, but then boils it down into all the steps that they need to take to make it successful. So it's like showing them the the hugeness of it and then kind of like narrowing it all down into the different stages. Exactly. And then
1: a social media strategy has so many elements. So it can cover things like your objectives, your social media story, content pillars, your community management approach, what your look and feel needs to be, what your highlight strategy is. So there's so many different pieces to the pie and it sets you up so anyone in your team can basically run with it.
0: Yeah. And that's just Instagram. So you would obviously do, do you do social strategies that include like Pinterest and Facebook and things like that as well?
1: Yeah. We cover things like even we cover blogs. So like blogs, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, Pinterest, LinkedIn,
0: all of the above. (laughs) Wow. Okay. So we're going to focus on Instagram today because Instagram's the best. (laughs) Yeah.
1: We mainly focus on Instagram too, but it
0: depends that's just my bias opinion. Um, So, I would love to know where do you see people going wrong with their social channels? What are the biggest mistakes that you see on Instagram? I have
1: one really big mistake that I always talk about because it really gets me. So, I think the main one that I think is that although Instagram is a selling tool, it's not a selling tool (laughs) (laughs) because I find that so many people just push out posts that are just sale, sale, sale. But when they do that, they don't realize that they're trying to make people buy something without understanding what the brand is. So for me, I think your Instagram needs to be all about the lifestyle. So if you're a hippie type brand, you would probably want to talk about the best beaches in Byron Bay or the organic oats that you have for breakfast or other things that have to do with that lifestyle. So then when you are selling that product at that beach in Byron Bay or next to that organic bowl of oats or whatever it is people are like I want that to be my lifestyle I need to buy that so I'm inside that life Mm -hmm. so yes I hate it when I see graphics of just sale 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 and people just pushing the product because they're not selling the features and benefits of the product or the lifestyle that goes in hand in hand with the product
0: yeah and there's nothing worse when you go onto a brand's page and it either looks hideous or it's just selling you something constantly. Like yeah. You need to have that added value, I think.
1: I think so too. And people can see straight through it now. People know if you're just trying to sell them a product, you're there to make money and you're not there to actually sell them in who you are as a brand and your lifestyle.
0: Yeah, okay. And so who needs a social strategy? Is it something that you would consider when you're just starting out and you don't even have any content yet? Or is it still possible to do a social strategy if you're maybe two years into business but you want to mix things up or really focus on your social channels? I
1: think everyone needs a social media strategy so even if you are a new business that's about to launch you should think about it before launching or if you're a business that's been around for a while and you haven't had one you definitely need to have one. I think because if you're small if you don't have a strategy one you obviously don't have that much um, cash flow so you need to make sure that You are posting with a real purpose to either get money through sales of a product or through a service. And if you don't have a strategy, essentially you'll just run out of things to post about because you won't really know what content will work for your brand and how to interact with your audience.
0: Yeah, okay. And I know because Ash has done a social strategy for Bossy before, and just even having all of those content ideas that I could refer back to, like I still use that. To this day, I always check if I can't think of something to be posting on Instagram, I'll check that list or that spreadsheet for ideas. So it's so helpful for even just the content side of things. Okay, so if we could afford it in a dream land, is an Instagram strategy something that you would would suggest investing in if we've got, say, a set amount of money to spend on our launch or our business when we're just starting out? How important is the social strategy part of it in comparison to everything else we've got to spend on?
1: I guess I have a biased opinion because I work in social media because I always (laughs) say you definitely need a social media strategy. But I think at the end of the day, without a social media strategy, you don't really have a purpose for your Instagram because you want to make money from it. But if you don't have anything set up for it, you basically can't really make money for it. So basically, everyone needs to think about it and try to invest in it. It could be the fact that if you can't afford a proper social media strategy doc, you could work with a strategist that can help you across like coaching sessions so it's a bit cheaper or you could try to DIY it.
0: Okay that's what I want to talk about is the DIY so let's say that we are DIYing even if it's for the time being while we're getting started with our business and we really want to concentrate on social because we know that social is so important where do you even start like you sit down with your notepad and pen
1: Or your laptop because
0: <laughs> <Or> your <laptop. laughs> you're in 2020. What are the first steps? First step is
1: to actually get your brand strategy done. That's my first step because without a brand strategy, you don't really know what you want to put on social media. So I always say that um, your strategy for your social is an extension of your brand strategy. So once you've organized like who your customer is, who your missions are, who, what your values are, it makes it so much easier to work it out. So then once you kind of have that set, we have things called a narrative and then we have pillars. So a narrative essentially is like a little story that completely sums up your social media channel. So you could even give the person in the story a name, but you kind of talk about where they eat, what they do, all of that kind of stuff and have that person in your head. And then you can create content pillars. So they're kind of like themes So you're not just pushing out product. So the way that I actually do it to make it feel super easy is I create three separate pillars. And the first one is about the lifestyle. And then the second one is about the product. And then the third one is about the brand. So if I use yours only as an example, so it is my skincare business that's really focused on health and wellness and allergies and making sure people are living like a happy kind of life. I would have my first pillar would just be all about health and wellness and how the audience lives their life in accordance to that. The second one is all about the products. So that would be what the actual products ingredients are, how to use the product, maybe working with influencers, and they can kind of give some how to's, anything to do with the product. And then the third one is kind of our value. So why I started the business Um, why we donate to allergy research, all of that kind of stuff to do with the brand and its values. So that's probably the easiest way to do it is to create three pillars and then create content ideas under each one of them.
0: Yeah. And I think that's really good because you're kind of ticking off all the different elements. You still get a chance to share your brand story. You still get a chance to promote the lifestyle side of things. You still get a chance to sell your product or service, but it's not too much of one of those things and all kind of comes together to create a really mixed up interesting brand or feed exactly and
1: then if you are trying to post this content on your socials then this way you can look at it and be like okay I've posted too much about the product what else can I talk about and you can go in and say oh I haven't really spoken about this element of the brand and why we created it let's do a post on that and then you can kind of mix up your feed that way
0: Mm -hmm. and what about objectives. I know that you're a big fan of setting your object objectives early. So why mm-hmm. is this so important?
1: I think they're important because without objectives, you can't really, one, measure how you go, but two, you can't really work out what your content is going to be without knowing the reason why. So for example, one of your objectives could be that you want to be a brand that provides more added value than anyone else in your space, for example. So then you would think, okay, cool, so my first pillar that's all about health and wellness or the lifestyle needs to add in so much added value around that lifestyle. Um, So then that way you can work back and then once you've gotten to the point where you've been live maybe six months or 12 months, you can look back at that objective and see whether you've still been able to achieve it, if that makes Mm -hmm. sense.
0: Yeah, definitely. And aside from, say, being being the brand that adds the most value, are there any other clear objectives that you kind of really um, rely on when you're creating a strategy? Is a lot of it based on revenue or followers, or are those things that you tend not to go down that path?
1: It depends on the brand. Like for example, um, you know, I manage a shopping center as one of my clients and theirs isn't revenue based. Theirs is based on getting uh, engagement on the page and foot traffic. So, That one's a little bit different because you just want as many people as you can engaging on the page and reaching as many people, whereas majority of brands that I work with would probably be revenue-based. So we would say something rather than it just being make X amount of dollars, we would say inspire the audience through added value content. So they click through and make a purchase. So it's not just clicking and making a purchase. We need a reason why. It's because we're adding value or we're inspiring them with our content if that makes sense. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. And I think that makes it so much easier because you've got something to work towards. Mm -hmm. Like even with this podcast, I have content categories and I make sure that all of the episodes fall neatly under one of those. And they also help me come up with new ideas as well, because I know that they're my umbrella terms. So I think having that objective to work towards, you can tie back all of your content to make sure it's aligning with that objective and taking you where you want to go.
1: Exactly. And the other thing to also note with pillars, the other reason why it's so important to have content pillars is because you reach a broader audience. So if you were just talking about this one type of organic oats or something for breakfast, you're really just like pushing towards one audience that wants that. But if you're talking about the fitness regime you did, you're also tapping into the fitness audience. If you're talking about the beaches, you're also talking to the beachy kind of people. So that's why it's so important to have so many Um, content ideas in each pillar because that way you're attracting so many different audiences to you know broaden who your customer base is
0: and it also helps with your engagement like I feel if you post a lifestyle picture that's probably going to get more likes and more reach and more engagement than a picture of your product or your sale. so exactly as well yeah for sure Okay. So once we've set our objectives and we've figured out that we need to have these content pillars, how do we start fleshing out a strategy? So we've maybe come up with our content pillars. We know exactly who we're speaking to. We know what we're aiming for in terms of our objectives. What's next? What do we do with our content pillars now? How do we start building them out into actual content?
1: So what I do in each content pillar is I kind of think of different themes within them. So for example, if you were like a fitness brand, and your first theme was all about, um, you know, the lifestyle, one theme could be around food and nutrition, and then another one could be around, you know, your your regime. So then, underneath each one of those, you would think about different ideas. After that, so if you start looking at the nutrition one, you would be like, okay, I'm going to post recipes, and then you would consider all the different types of recipes you would post under that, and then. When you talk about things like your regime or your routine, maybe you could include quotes on how to make sure that you get up at 5.30 to go to the gym. So you kind of dissect each pillar and think of different ideas in that and then contact ideas from that.
0: Okay, so you need a big black coffee and a massive (laughs) brainstorming session. Yeah. What you need to do is work out everything that your
1: customer does what they eat, what they drink, what beaches they go to, what bars they go to, and then you create content ideas based off that.
0: Okay, that's a good starting point. Yeah. Yeah, and I, th- I think with social it's a lot of the same stuff that you see. So how do you make sure that you're finding or thinking of more original, unique content ideas? Like where do you find your inspiration or where do you research to find that sort of stuff? I'm lucky in the sense that I work
1: in social media, so I'm always on it. So if I have a client, like a new client that's in a bit of a different category, I will make sure I go and find all of their competitors and look at kind of what they're doing. And I think my brain automatically is very good at mashing lots of ideas together. So for example, if I have like a fitness brand as a client, I'll think about another brand that's super different. And I'll be like, wait, this could marry with this kind of brand. So you don't necessarily have to find the same kind of content ideas from your competitors. You could find them from other competitors that are in a completely different field. So it could be like a technology company that you've seen an amazing idea on their Instagram and then you're like, well oh, this could apply to this. You know, fitness company that I'm working for. So I think it's a matter of just keeping up to date with everything that's happening. So I sign up to um, a lot of like marketing emails. So I always find out about campaigns that are happening both in Australia and in America. I also have a lot of pages where I get notifications and every time that they post live. So I guess for me, the best way for me to come up with these ideas is just to be in it, and to get regular emails and just watch what other brands are doing and making Mm -hmm. it sound like it's so much more work than what it is.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I love that you also do ideation, not just social media. So I think that's a really good way to come up with really tailored ideas, particularly for brands that might be trying to do things a little bit differently, or they might have a particular personality or tone of voice, or they might want to launch with a huge bang. So can you maybe explain what ideation is and how that might come to life, say in campaigns or in your content?
1: Yeah. So ideation is essentially like a way to create new and fun concepts for your brand. So you might be selling an in, a type of product and you're about to launch it, but you want to launch it in a really fun and bold way. So you don't just like launch it to the market. You might put it in, you might partner with another brand that's very similar to you that shows a similar lifestyle, or we might come up with just some really quirky ways to do a competition, but it's not just your average kind of social media, I would say. So we love coming up with like really fun ideas. So for example, we had a um, premium shopping center that came to us and said, we want a campaign and all we want is for you to sell the clothes that are in our shopping center. So That's all the brief was. And they said that you need to include these stores. So we went away and I came up with this idea that was called Get Styled. And what I did is I partnered with a really well-known Melbourne fashion stylist and I got two influencers and the stylist uh, dressed each of the influencers in three outfits each and each outfit was a different um, lifestyle and look and feel. And we created video content and we created all this PR kind of content around the fact that you can get dressed in this shopping center by really good brands that most stylists would want to shop at. So we were able to make it very premium and create this beautiful story around how you can feel like you're getting styled at this specific shopping center. So instead of us literally just like creating photos of just outfits, we created a story around it to really highlight how premium the center was and how amazing the clothes were that you could buy there.
0: Mm-hmm. Love that. And you also took it to the next level by adding in all the video content as well. Exactly. Yeah. So we made it like really
1: punchy and fun and created a full story around even the stylist helping them pick out the outfits too.
0: Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think ideation's is a good one to even do as an at-home exercise when Mm -hmm. you have got an idea of your content pillars and your narrative and who you're speaking with, how can you kind of frame those really fun concepts that regular brands might not explore and how can you apply them to your brand?
1: If it's your own brand, I find that like you know everything about it and everything that you love about it. So what would be good is if you write down all the things that you love about your brand and all the things that you think your customers would love, And then also write down all the other brands that you also love, because they may have some really clever ideas that could work in tandem with your brand. But those brands could be anything. Like it could be from a completely different field. Because essentially, for you to come up with ideas to work for your brand, you need to like live and breathe it and love it so it really can come to life. So you would write down all the things that you love to do. So, for example, yours only, my skincare brand, we're all about being Um, talking about health and wellness. So I've just been speaking to someone who has an app and her app is all about meditation and all of that kind of stuff. So we were coming up with ideas about how we could work in tandem together because, you know, she's all about the mind and meditation and I'm all about the body with the product. So what we did is we sat down and we were like, maybe we could talk about Um, how stress can play an impact on both your skin and also with your mind and we could partner that way. So it's all about just trying to find other places where you can draw inspiration from, maybe partner with other people and think about ideas that will make you a little bit more bold than other people.
0: Mm -hmm. That's the point. (laughs) (laughs) That's the point. All right. So thinking about look and feel, we haven't really touched on that, but I feel like you need to do all that other stuff first. That's like the core brand stuff. And then you can play around with your look and feel. So things like your color palette, mood boarding and things like that. Is that the right way to do it? Like go, go through the strategic part first and then move into the fun stuff.
1: Yeah, that's exactly how I do it. I get all the pillar and the content stuff first. And I also find just heaps of inspiration and then dump it all together. And then I create the look and feel for the brand because you can't really work out a look and feel until you work out what your content is. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of the time when you do create that aesthetic or that look and feel for your Instagram, you really want it to be the similar colours to what your brand colours are. So that's why it's so important to have the brand already set up before you do this. Gotcha. Yeah.
0: And, and how do you even start with the look and feel? Like where do you even, where do you come up with these colours? <laughs>
1: Good question. Um, Well, I guess you kind of pull them from the brand colors. If you have a product, a lot of the time your feed might be similar to that. So for example, the yours only bottles are bright coral. So a lot of my feed is lots of coral and white and pink and green. And so you kind of do that, but you also just need to create an aesthetic based on your customer. So there's some brands that are quite, you know, indie and kind of like quite cool and so their feed might be a little bit like more messy looking but that suits their vibe whereas some other brands like Mecca because they're a very premium brand and they've got a very high price point so all of their images are very high res and very high quality so I guess you need to make sure that your aesthetic really fits what your service and offering is so if we use like Bossy as an example you're a very bold brand and you're very out there and a bit rebellious and so your social is kind of like that too so you've got like big font and like lots of bright and fun imagery and like swear words and all of that kind of stuff because that's who your brand is
0: Mm -hmm. okay so that's kind of why you need to do this part second because it will guide the look and feel yeah pretty much And I love how you do lots of kind of like quirky things, like adding little icons and illustrations. So are they just kind of thinking about the brand a bit more creatively? Once you've done the colours, what else can I do to make my feed really unique? Yeah, I think my hidden talent in
1: life is creating those templates. (laughs) (laughs) I would agree with you. (laughs) I just love it. Anytime a new brand comes on and they're like, here are our templates. I'm like, I'm going to do this for free. I'm going to create you a new look and feel. Um, my thing about social is like it's very boring just seeing posts that are just imagery with like a graphic over the top. It's very old school just to have a quote tile that's just the quote with the hashtag underneath it. I kind of feel like right now in social media, you need to be adding cute little arrows with copy that kind of dissects it a little bit more. You add icons that really represent your brand, anything to make it feel like more fun and more engaging because obviously the algorithm is always changing. And you want to make sure people are looking at your content for as long as possible. So you want it to have something that stops them when they're scrolling on their feed. And you also want to look like you are very social savvy. So that's why anytime I bring on a new client, I always try to make it look like an agency has taken over because I want people to think that they are so social savvy and that they are the best in their game.
0: Yeah, cool. And I love the um, templates. That was one thing I actually wanted to speak about because I know templates are the biggest lifesaver when it comes to social. So when you're planning out this Instagram strategy, do you actually create a collection of Instagram tiles that you can mix and match throughout your feed?
1: Yep. And what I do is I create them in like multiple color ways. So that means that let's just say I have a quote tile and the background is red with white writing. I might do it the other way around and then I might have it with like four different other colors. So when you are planning your grid you don't have the same templates all the time and you can mix and match all of your colors so you're not boring essentially you can really like make it look like you've got a really varied feed
0: Mm -hmm. I feel like I've got too many colors going on because yeah but that's your brand right (laughs) I know but I feel like I spend way too much time like sitting over my iPad being like okay which color goes next and I don't have like three or four really great tiles I've got like eight colors and I don't know which one's gonna match so maybe I need to take that advice and trim it down
1: I feel like we need to have a little bit of a session your your issue not an issue your thing is hard because like for example you reshared some of like the yours only content that we had put up but that seemed like the yours only look and feel it's so hard for you to reshare other brands onto your page but I think it works for your page I think it showcases like a really fun and bold brand
0: yeah I think people think that I just throw it together but there is so much effort all right so we've got our storyline I guess now and our look and feel then it's time to actually start thinking about the content we're going to post so I know that you have some thoughts around taking content from Pinterest and places like that versus creating original content. So what would you advise here if we're just starting out? So rule number one, Pinterest, you cannot credit them on Instagram. (laughs) That's not a thing
1: Yeah. because essentially if you're just saying credit Instagram, Instagram didn't create that piece of content. Instagram is hosting that piece of content. So You need to find the original source of where that image came from, which is quite hard. So, we don't really source images from Pinterest at all when we do regrams because we always want to make sure that we're creating the original source. So, Mm -hmm. I would make sure that you are finding those images on Instagram. And the best way to do that is to go through the hashtags that are appropriate for your brand or even just look at um, you know, pages that are appropriate. For example, like I was saying with that hippie brand, you would go to like a Byron Bay kind of beach Instagram or something and take images from them and just make sure you credit them. But Mm -hmm. it's also super important to make your own content as well, because you want to make sure that you're pushing what you're selling and what your brand is. So there's so many ways you can do it from being like a $10,000 shoot to like a $200 photo shoot kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So A cheap way to kind of create content depending on what it is, is actually getting a content creator to do it. So initially for yours only, we did a very big shoot, which was a campaign shoot that we did for the website and social content. And then we were going to do a lifestyle shoot where we were going to um, get a stylist to come in and then we were going to get a photographer to do some flat lay lifestyle shots. And it ended up being like a third of the price for me just to get a content creator to shoot them. And it's so much easier because you can just send them references and a brief of what you want and then they can go away and do it and then the best part about a content creator is if the images are really great they can share it across their feed as well and then hopefully tag you in to get more reach that way.
0: Okay cool well I'm pretty happy with how our feed is sounding so (laughs) I wanted to get your thoughts on a few other areas of Instagram because I feel like people often focus all their attention on the feed but There is so many other areas of Instagram that can really contribute to followers and revenue and all that sort of stuff. So first of all, Instagram stories. Like what should we be posting on Instagram stories versus the feed? How often should we be posting stories? All that stuff.
1: So I guess the first thing with Instagram stories and feed stuff is to work out what your aesthetic is for both of them. So for example, a lot of the time people will curate their Instagram feed And then when it comes to their stories, it might be a little bit raw in comparison. So, you know, you might be going and putting your face on your Instagram stories and talking to the camera and talking a little bit more about a service that you're offering, or maybe it could be if you're a social media agency, a new social trend that's kind of come up. Whereas if it's on the grid, you would probably want to curate that a little bit more and maybe even post less. So stories, I would make sure that you are posting every single day. And if you aren't really able to do it, I would just always make sure that there are stories up all the time. So you kind of hitting a new story up before the 24 hours is over from the previous story.
0: Okay. And I just did a podcast episode on how to be less hideously awkward on Instagram stories. I actually listened to that this morning. I noticed some of the things that I had mentioned to you on there. (laughs) (laughs) I might've got your advice and not credited you for that. Um, do you have any extra tips for being less awkward? And what are your what are your thoughts on showing your face? Do we have to show our face on Instagram stories? And if so, how do we make ourselves a bit more fine with it?
1: So so many people ask me about this because I never really put my face up on social media in my stories. And people are like, what's your secret? And my secret was that <laughs> I filmed them and then sent them to you and then you gave me you gave me feedback and then you were like, you're really great and then that's all I needed. I just needed someone to be like, these are really good and then now it's fine.
0: Oh, I actually forgot about that. But, yeah, it was kind of like a little mini challenge that we did mm-hmm. when we both said you know, let's focus on Instagram stories. So maybe if people can find like an Instagram story buddy that they can practice with and that's going to give them some honest feedback and then encourage them to actually post.
1: That's all you need really. Case closed.
0: (laughs) Okay. And what about IGTV? Is this something that every brand should be doing or is it more specific for a certain type of industry or something like that? I wouldn't say it's more specific
1: for a certain kind of industry, but it's a bit of a tough one because IGTV, definitely there's a place for it, but it's really hard to get cut through unless if you're sharing it to your um, grid as well. You, you should definitely be looking to create longer form content because I think a lot of people are wanting to sit there and watch the content, but it just needs to be really engaging. So, for example, if you're doing like an unboxing and it's like one PR package and it's two minutes, And it's really boring for one product. It may not be worth it. But if it's like a campaign where you're telling the story about how a product was created and the vision behind it, then that's super important. I think you just need to make sure that it really aligns with your brand. So for example, on yours only this morning, we did a seven minute IGTV of someone who is a yoga teacher and she did a breathing exercise. So that full seven minutes is such a powerful piece because people will watch the entire thing. So you just need to try and make content that people will actually watch all of it. Otherwise, it'll flop.
0: Okay. I actually love what you do on your Pep Creative IGTV and kind of like deep dive into one of your services especially for things like ideation where people might not really know what that is so dedicating like a two or three minute video where you're just explaining what it is and giving a call to action for people who might be interested in booking you for that service
1: yeah I think it's so beneficial for service brands especially like it would be great for bossy as well for you to actually deep dive into stuff like that too If you're like a creative agency, you could do things like talking about what's involved in a brand strategy and why they are the cost that they are. You could talk about what's so important about having a brand strategy. I think it's really good just to create content around more information. And what I do when I create the IGTVs, especially for Pep Creative, because I've got quite a curated Pep Instagram, I don't have the... the, Like a still of my face from the video as the cover. Instead, I create my own cover that's a graphic and then upload it. So it still stays quite nice, but then you can still have that raw kind of element on the grid.
0: Yeah. Okay. That's very clever of you. And what about highlights? What should we like? I know for Bossy, I've got a highlight for the podcast, our about, so people can learn a bit more about us. Um, I have one for our services and I think some of our work. So, that's obviously I'm a service-based business. So, would you recommend something like that for other service-based businesses and what should you be putting on your highlights if you sell products? So, I think highlights, basically, you need to consider them as like a
1: website. So, it's your website on your Instagram. So, you need to cover your about your brand, the services that you offer, the products that you offer, everything that you would find on a website, but on, a, on your Instagram in a really like fun kind of way. Um, What you have for Bossy, I think, is great. If you have a product-based business, you would want to have highlights based on things like uh, testimonials or reviews from your customers. You might want to have more around features and benefits of your products, how-tos, all of that kind of stuff.
0: Okay. So, I get an A-plus for my highlights. You get a big tick. (laughs) (laughs) And the last thing I thought would be worth talking about in that little section is reels. Because Reels is very new. It is. And it can be a little bit scary. So, is that really only appropriate for certain brands or freelancers or things like that? Or, again, should everybody be trying to maximize themselves on Reels?
1: I would say everyone should be using Reels. I think it's another way for you to get more reach. And I think with the algorithm changing, you need to be doing everything that Instagram is updating and implementing to make sure that you get proper cut through. And it's also a great way to be a bit more. Real without sounding like an idiot (laughs) Um, and if you don't want the actual content to go directly on your grid you can just post it to the reels feed and then the reels tab on your page too okay
0: well once we have done all of this and we're finally launched and we're happy with how everything's looking is there just any kind of advice for things that we should keep in mind for after we've launched that so we can make a really successful well-known brand so things like your community management, competitions, working with influencers. Obviously these are all like massive topics in this in themselves. But any kind of like last tips on those?
1: Yeah, so I guess before you launch, I would definitely consider implementing advertising. So if you don't have much of a budget in terms of creating content or anything, but you have some budget, I would dedicate that towards advertising because you don't really want to launch to crickets. So I would definitely try and think of um, ways that you can push out your brand beforehand so you might want to tease them with something that's coming or ask them to enter a competition or something like that. And then once you've actually launched, you need to make sure that you're actually engaging with your community. So community management is responding to comments on your page and also DMs and then community outreach is connecting with people outside your community. So, you know, maybe going onto your competitors' pages and trying to interact with people there or trying to connect with other like-minded brands and that will get you a lot of cut through. That's kind of like free advertising in a sense when you're doing that. So I would definitely look at doing that. They're probably the first two things I would consider. And Mm -hmm. then once you've kind of launched, I would definitely look at doing a competition But sometimes you want to launch a competition once people know a little bit more about your brand so there's a bit more hype around what the actual prize element is. And then you would want to work with influencers or do collaborations. So I think it's great to launch with influencers, but I also think it's good to test your market a little bit first to see how they respond to work out which influencers would be the best for your market.
0: Okay, that's a good plan of attack. Yeah. I like it. All right, so just a couple of final questions. Do you have any of your favourite tools that you use to help with social? I know you've got a few that you rely on. I do.
1: The first one that I love and I live in is InDesign and I know not everybody is a designer. Um, So InDesign is a part of like the Adobe um, Photoshop kind of group but InDesign is you can basically do what you can in InDesign in Canva. But I just love InDesign. I just feel like it helps me create the best templates. I can plan what my grid will look like. I can create Instagram stories in there and all my mood boards. But outside of that, I use Sked Social. So I use that to schedule all of my Instagram content. But it also has really good analytics in there. It used to not and now they've got really good stats about like the best times to post and um, how your audience is tracking and then I also use another app called Anum, which is spelled U-N-U-M. And what you can do is you can put in all the posts that you're planning to put up and you can see what they all look like together and then you can, like, switch them around if you don't like what they look like next to each other. And then once you've sorted that all out, you can actually directly post to Instagram from the app.
0: Mm-hmm. That's the one I use because you told me to use it and yeah. I swear by it. But just on the... um. The InDesign for people that aren't really confident with InDesign, like me, I'm the most non-tech savvy person there is. <laughs> I actually use Procreate on my iPad, and I find that that's kind of like a halfway point between Canva and InDesign. So you can basically create your square and then just add photos, add text, add color, and I find it so easy. And then you can just send it to your camera roll. So amazing! If on the iPad, check that one out. Yeah. Um, Okay. I think that's pretty much all of my questions. I think that uh, everybody's going to have an amazing social feed after this. I hope so. so. (laughs) If anyone's interested in following your journey or finding out a bit more about you, where can they find you, Ash? Uh, Two places. So they can find me
1: on my Pep Creative Instagram, which is at Pep Creative. And then my personal Insta where I share all my other things that I'm doing at Ashley Templar, which is spelled A-S-H-L-I.
0: And what about yours only if people want to check out your products? Oh, we can plug that too if we'd like. <laughs> <laughs> that is at yours only co. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for coming by The Bossy Type and for all of your expertise. No problem, anytime. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Bossy Type. If you haven't already, tap the subscribe button for new episodes every Tuesday and Friday. And if you got something out of this episode, I'd love it if you could rate, review, share on Instagram, text your friends, tell the whole world, all the things. In the meantime, come hang out with me on Instagram at bossy.copywriting or at Elise Elise, spelt A-L-Y-C-E. Bye.